This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the new and improved Z Prime On the Grid. We've got a brand new logo, brand new uh, introductory theme song. But I am still your host, Dylan Lockwood, and joining me still, as always, is my co-host, Aaron Hardick. Aaron, how are you doing? What an interesting question, Dylan, and I know we'll get into it, but, you know, I'm okay. I'm definitely trying to adjust to the chaos that is occurring globally, nationally, within our own communities. Um, It's been pretty wild, but um, I'm hanging in there. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, as uh, as all of our listeners are, I'm sure, aware, the the world is kind of turned upside down right now because of the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, and may, just a reminder to everyone to make sure to practice the uh, appropriate uh, distancing and hygiene practices. Uh, if you need any reminder on those, well, there will be a link in the description. Uh, we're... Uh, Aaron and I are fortunate enough that we work from home, so this hasn't been a hu- as huge as huge of an adjustment for us as it has been mm-hmm. for many other people. So if you've uh, if you're looking to for tips on how to work home, our our coworker Ricky just put up a put up an article that we'll also have a link to in the description that uh, lets you know uh, some of the things that have that helped him in his, in his transition moving uh, into a home office. But we're here to talk about uh, talk about cities, something very prescient in light of how the U.S.'s uh, coronavirus response has been largely state and city driven. Um, and here to talk about the structure or here to talk about the process of uh, making cities better, we have uh, one of our favorite one of our favorite people, uh, multi- multiple time city of the future alumnus uh, and the Program manager for the pre-accelerator and internal workshops at Geekdom in San Antonio. Unfortunately, on pause due to the current crisis. Joyce Dooley, how are you doing today, Joyce? Hey, Dylan and Aaron. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, I think that much like everybody, kind of filled with some level of anxiety about you know what is potentially coming to us here, but um, ultimately very positive and hopeful. I've seen some really beautiful resiliency come through with our community members on like our digital channels as well as just within the San Antonio community at large. So I think that, you know, we're going to weather this really well together um, as a city and as a community. How are you guys doing? Uh, I mean, we're, we're all kind of hanging in there. Aaron lives in nearby Austin. I live in uh, Spokane, Washington. Washington, of course, is figuratively on fire right now, which is a mm-hmm. different change of pace from normally this time of year when we start to get literally on fire but right uh <laughs> but uh yeah so i'm i'm just curious how how you and the city of san antonio are kind of holding up in in these times yeah thank you for asking um so actually i think by and large san antonio san antonio is doing pretty well um in comparison to some of our other cities out there unfortunately um We are very lucky that we have such a proactive and transparent government, um, local government that is communicating effectively and consistently. Um, Our mayor, Mayor Ron Nuremberg, 
was very proactive in his steps when um, we sort of had our initial, but we have taken some very proactive measures to initiate really great responsibility um, among our community as well as um, our businesses. And we're sort of following in step with the guidelines that the CDC and other health organizations are putting out. So, you know, uh, I think as of now, the total number of people with confirmed cases is at, at 25. Um, but so far, no community outbreak has been identified. So comparatively to other cities, I think San Antonio has relatively no number, low numbers that are showing currently, but we will know more in the coming weeks. I'm certain of it. As I said, uh, Geekdom has been closed uh, for the for the time being. There have been uh, some statements put out about that. What do you what do you kind of what do you kind of miss about the job at the moment? Mm, I mean, well, I'm very fortunate, Dylan. I think we've talked about this before, and I know I've probably shared the love on the panels um, at City of the Future. I absolutely love my job because I get to do. Um, largely whatever I want with the people I care about. And our community is really focused on being helpful. And that has sort of been a part of our culture since the beginning, going on almost nine years uh, come October. And I'm really grateful that I've gotten to be around the whole time. So I really miss my friends um, because I literally see them every day. And um, it's been really sweet to hear from a lot of them who have called or sent emails um, you know, and our Slack channels are full of people giving each other advice and support. And one of our um, awesome community members has also created like a startup found a Facebook messenger and, and uh, created a Facebook page with it as well. So I still get to have my friends, but I don't get to see them as um, as often. But it's totally understandable and preferable that way, given the given the current state of uh, everything, I guess. <laughs> You know, that's one of the biggest struggles for folks who are transitioning to that work from home environment is they've lost that social aspect of their jobs. And I think a lot of the times, I wouldn't say it was taken for granted, but it's uh, from what I'm hearing for folks that are undergoing that transition, um, they didn't realize how much they enjoyed that part of their job until they're, you know, in isolation, you know, hold up in their apartment. Austin is an incredibly social community. And we also have, I think it was two days ago, uh, Mayor Adler came on and announced the official closure of bars, restaurants for dining in, gyms, um, pretty much anywhere that's not a pharmacy, grocery store, um, hospital, or, uh, you know, necessary for public health all those places have been closed down so people are trying to figure out how to stay social and connected in this time where we're largely you know staying at home and I think the other really you know sad part about this is how many small businesses are in the Austin community and we're just seeing this have such a tragic effect on these small businesses and um, it's been very disheartening but the community is starting to figure out ways to kind of 
rally around these small businesses, whether it's, you know, by still doing takeout or delivery or, or some other means, but definitely, you know, that, that social aspect is, um, missing. And I think a lot of people are are feeling that. And then also, um, that small business aspect that kind of gives the community its uniqueness and its liveliness. Um, definitely you can, you can feel that missing. Yeah. It's, um, it's very staggering and, and very surreal. Um, you know, I have been a member of Geekdom for going on nine years now, and I used to come late at night. And so it's kind of a familiar feeling for me to be in this space kind of by myself at times. But the the fact that it's during the day and that the, what used to be kind of a bustling part of downtown San Antonio is is largely a ghost town. Um, and it's hard to really articulate. I think everyone's feeling it. Just driving into work even is just kind of bizarre. It feels like a weekend or a holiday. Um, but it's going to probably continue for some time. And I, I would agree with you, Erin. I think that people are really adaptive, though. I think that, you know, if businesses and communities are able to support each other and help pivot and put the infrastructure in place to offer new kinds of services or revamped versions of services, you know, that we can still have some kind of, of normalcy and, and steady flow to business. I think the other thing is just the apprehension that we all feel is really palpable and it, it makes people nervous about what they should be doing, what they should be focusing on in terms of their business, where do they put their money. Um, and for the founders out there or the business owners out there that are having to make really hard calls about layoffs or furloughs, you know, it's, it's a really tough job to have right now when you have to look at your staff and, and let them go, especially in a time like mm-hmm. this. One other thing I would say about San Antonio and, and Joyce, I know that you know this, but I, you know, I'm an Austin resident, but have spent quite a bit of time in San Antonio over the past few years. Dylan mentioned our City of the Future conference, which was just in San Antonio a few weeks back, and we've partnered very closely with CPS Energy and the city on some of their other smart cities initiatives. But when I was uh, there last for our City of the Future conference, I did sit down and do an interview with Paula Gold-Williams, you know, the president and CEO of CPS Energy, who was born in San Antonio herself, and she said that um, in San Antonio, it feels like everybody's separated by just two degrees of separation instead of, you know, six degrees, trying to speak to how close-knit that community is. It's one of those places where everybody really knows each other, and while you guys are quite a large city, um, seventh largest in the United States, I believe, you still have that like small town community vibe. Yeah, it's kind of like a social currency almost to be from San Antonio, like in the original. And then if your family has been here for generations, like you've got some mad currency. Um, I think that that definitely adds to that small town community feel that so many people talk about when they come visit. Um, because one of the main questions that people will ask you is where did you go to high school? <laughs> and so that makes it think that we really as or as, uh, as global, you know, of a, of a community or a city, but we really are. Um, we we're a huge transplant city as well. Um, large military population as well as several colleges that are here. And so, um, we're also a huge, uh, hub for travel and, um, yeah, so 
it's it's a unique blend that definitely maintains that familial sort of vibe that makes us feel really close. So being two degrees separated from almost anybody in this community and to not see them or to not be able to go see them is is definitely hitting people where it hurts. I think there are two things that uh, you both just communicated that I, I think are very important. The first is, uh, jo- Joyce, to your initial point that uh, having having decisive uh, local le- leadership was very crucial into into giving people in San Antonio a, a less anxious situation than in than in other parts of the country. Not to say that there's not no anxiety at all, but just that like it, it does seem like you 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 guys have handled it a lot better than say than say we have because it came here early and like people were kind of figuring out what to do and then uh Jay, Jay Inslee, our governor, finally like just came down and just said, we're just gonna shut it all down. And then but but before that there was a lot of there was a lot of uncertainty. Um folks in Spokane are um, it, it, it is on, it is a smaller city, but it's kind of it's and there is a good sense of community, but it's also kind of clicky and also sort of keep keep your head keep your head down and don't bother don't bother people kind of kind of uh, culture here. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I noticed after those uh, the more drastic steps started to get taken after there were more guidelines on on what to do, there was a lot more. Uh, coming together when people, you know, whenever I see someone asking about, uh, asking about, hey, where can I, where can I find these supplies that I can't find at my closest grocery store? People like, people just start responding like, hey, here, here, and here. Um, I see people every day sharing resources for people who don't have, uh, who don't have access to certain services that they normally do, uh, like food services, um, or, you know, just basic, basic, uh, things they need. Uh, there are constantly people connecting up to help with their recovery. So I, I agree both with your assessment of how, how city, how local leadership has been very important in uh, addressing this concern and also how it sort of is revealing to the heart uh, the heart of community and the sort of you know all in it together thing even as we're dealing through what is essentially an incredibly personal series of tough decisions yeah no i mean i i think you're right and thank you for for saying some of those things um i i would agree i you know we've spent Oh, gosh, I'm sure many people have spent many hours in the last couple of weeks and some of us longer than others, you know, globally um, thinking about what this impact means and what's coming and battening down the hatches. And um, our initial knee jerk reaction is to to panic and to kind of figure out how do we take care of ourselves, Um, because in a crisis, you do want to always put right like in an airplane. They tell you you want to put your oxygen mask on first and then look around to see who needs help. And I think that, you know, initially that's kind of what was going on. People were figuring out, okay, how do I secure what I need to secure for myself, whether that's my business or my people or my home. And now that a new kind of normal is setting in, even though the restrictions are probably going to be increasing moving forward, um, that the community collectively, the shock is kind of wearing off and we're 
figuring out how to adjust and then come up and take a look and see who needs help with what. And I'm really glad to hear that um, in other cities that maybe aren't so fortunate to have this kind of friendly, familial connection that we are still hearing about really great stories where people are stepping up to be resourceful and to be helpful and be bridge builders in a time like this, because that's really what everyone is going to need in order to move forward successfully. I think that's that's absolutely right. So you work a lot you work a lot in the city of San Antonio with with startups, but also with people, in, you know, with the city officials to be able to try to move things in a in a better direction for the city. So, what do you hope San Antonio does differently once this once this crisis is behind us? It's a, it's kind of a tough question because every place kind of or every city or every business you know, there's always room for improvements and, and new opportunities to be identified. Um, I think that I have a unique perspective for what's happening in San Antonio when it comes to smart cities or emerging technology solutions because of the work I've done has taken me elsewhere um, or has focused my attention elsewhere for a really long time. So being able to be in a city like San Antonio that is strategically building, it's kind of looked around seen how other cities have approached their projects and is putting together a real plan with the municipality um, partners, the municipal partners like the Smart SA partners, so CPS Energy, the Via Transportation System, San Antonio Water Systems, um, Bear County, the city of San Antonio, like all of these core infrastructure players have really kind of made a statement about what they're trying to build and how they're trying to build together. Um, and I think that because of those relationships, as well as, you know, really strong leadership, we're, we're seeing some really great things happen in San Antonio. From the startup community perspective, and I guess kind of the overall smart cities conversation is, what I'd really love to see come out of this is uh, a new lens of visibility on what is happening in this city. You know, I've gone to a couple of conferences recently where I was either the only person from San Antonio that was present um, that knew about any of these things that were going on, or I've had phone calls with industry partners or potential partners for our community um, or potentially for the city, you know, directing them to some of the projects that are open and available. And it's kind of an unknown quantity and people weren't even paying attention to what's been happening in the seventh largest city in America. And hopefully through the end of this, we'll have a really resilient community of businesses that are able to pivot and serve really well and kind of elevate our current situation um, in terms of our ecosystem and the talent and density of talent that is here in our city, because it does exist, as well as um, what the city is doing, because I think it's really unique. Um, I think it's what I think of a partner first mentality when approaching these kinds of solutions, which if anyone's involved in public private partnerships, you have to be thinking about the collective project at hand. And so I think San Antonio has been representing that very well. I think how we communicate or display what is going on probably needs to change. When you say how we we communicate, who who is who is we in that situation, and what does that sort of uh, communication strategy look like? Yeah, actually, that's a that's a really great question. So, I mean, we collectively, being I guess the 
the community as a whole. So there's, from a startup perspective, um, Startup San Antonio um, is run by Iris Gonzalez. She really um, felt it was her mission to share what was happening and bring visibility to the startup ecosystem. So her publication is just dedicated to startup activity in San Antonio. And I have to tell you, that woman is busy. She's probably one of the busiest people I know. Um, she also has put together a resource, um, an ecosystem resource map for where people can go to find co-working spaces or, you know, um, additional like workshopping resources, funding resources, those kinds of things and put it into one cohesive place, which is really exciting. But again, this is all happening kind of very locally and it's not really getting outside of, of the San Antonio bubble, which I think a lot of cities really struggle with is how do we highlight what's happening here and how do we showcase, you know, that we're really viable for investors to come in or for large industry partners to focus on us and, and really inject some kind of momentum into our ecosystem. Um, San Antonio builds locally really well. Um, from the city's perspective, I don't know that this is a fault of the city, right? Because they're not really about self-promotion in the sense of like other businesses could probably do really large campaigns and things like that. And the city, you know, needs to communicate this information, but you know, it doesn't want to be seen as uh, showing favoritism in certain ways. And so people who are leaders who know about some of these activities can't go be like poster people for some of these projects that are going on. So they can communicate the opportunities as they come, but they're not really the driving voice behind some of these things. And so um, I think that finding a way to be an ad, I find a way to be an advocate for these activities in this community because there's not a lot of channels for people to get that information on the outside of this city looking in without someone kind of sharing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, Joyce, so this has me thinking, you know, I know that you guys at Geekdom have been working on you know, solving challenges within the San Antonio community. Are there any particular projects that you've been working on with some of your startups that have focused on addressing certain challenges, whether that be in transportation, healthcare, energy, that you guys really consider high priority that may have been, that may be, um, you feel the need to kind of like accelerate those or move a little bit faster on given the coronavirus um, outbreak like are there any you know particular projects that come to mind that you're really passionate about and that you think will be really transformational for your city yeah that's a really fantastic question Erin thank you uh, for asking there are several projects that I have been working on as well as like the geekdom staff um, in partnership with the city of San Antonio for a while now um, the Civtech SA project um or program is a really exciting thing that has been happening for going on almost four years, actually, which is amazing. Come this October, it'll be uh, the fourth year that it's been around. So that connects students and startups and entrepreneurs with city departments to solve civic problems and to develop technology talent or tech talent across the city. And the focus areas for what that could look like in terms of accelerated projects and mass positive impact is there several waste management um, challenges that were released this year. I think the applications actually closed uh, last Friday, 
but we were we were accepting proposals for several waste management uh, solutions and some carbon emissions having to do with historical buildings, um, identifying and trying to find ways to reduce those emissions. And then one that is a really interesting application is uh, for the Smart SA partners to have a unified customer portal application where each of these partners, you know, if you have services with FIA and with SAWS and with CPS Energy in the city, you can have one place to go to to log in and potentially pay for all of your bills or manage your accounts or receive information pertinent to your household. Um, so I think especially with what's going on right now, if we are, we can find a way to streamline billing information, like everything into one place, that saves people a lot of time. And it also gives a really great platform for the partners to communicate additional updates and things like that to residents in San Antonio. Um, last year's CITEC SA residency challenge, um, residency challenge focus areas was on affordable housing. You know, um, while San Antonio traditionally has a really great um, steady economic sort of position, you know, we're not immune to hard times. And so with some of these unemployments or layoffs that are coming, you know, affordable housing is going to be even more relevant. And so there were two solutions last year that were identified that focused on affordable housing. And in year one, the utility assistance program um, with the Department of Human Services and Kinetic Cloud Technologies to digitize online forms for our utility assistance program, I think will probably be very crucial um, given this time as well. For new projects um, is the brand new, freshly launched <laughs> as of like last week or two weeks ago, um, the, <laughs> the Geekdom Incubator Program. And that's uh, a really exciting project that I'm getting to build with the city of San Antonio's Office of Innovation and IT department and in strategic partnership with the Economic Development Department. And we've identified three solutions that have kind of kicked out of a CivTech SA type program or CivTech SA in year one. Um, so there's the Podify team that focus on helping the animal care services department um, better match people with their ideal pets before coming into the animal care services facility. This will help, you know, put animals in the right homes as well as to save people time from having to go and look someplace before they can really know what's there. Um, we really hope that this application can spread to other shelters here in San Antonio and we can really, you know, uh, streamline the processes for adoption. Um, then we have the uh, Solovago team and they're really focused on neighborhood safety, utilizing environmental and real-time crime data um, to help people see how safe their neighborhoods are, be able to do non-emergency reporting, as well as have an emergency call button, because safety is a huge issue. And even if your neighborhood is technically safe, the perceptions of safety are not always there. Um, say, if you don't have sidewalks in your neighborhood or if it's not very well lit, you know, you can make reports to the city or you will be able to once it's built um, to the city, you know, in order to help us better understand how people want to utilize their neighborhoods and to get people outside and to feel confident about where they are. And the third application, which probably won't be so relevant in the next coming weeks, unfortunately, is a navigation application to help people mm -hmm. sort of figure out where to go um, along the river walk. It's considered subterranean because it's kind of underneath the street level and connectivity is really difficult to find. So they're gonna deploy a beacon network and they're gonna help 
tourists and residents navigate along the Riverwalk and business owners, as well as the city communicate um, specialty events and things like that um, to help increase engagement and connectivity overall. So there's a handful of those that are probably not going to be immediately pertinent to this situation right here, but the Civtech SA residency challenges that were solved in the last couple of years, I think will be very relevant um, mm -hmm. in the coming days. First of all, that uh, the, the beacon system sounds mm -hmm. really cool. So I hope. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they're really cool guys. I have to say, they're, all of my incubator team members are hella cool. I mean, I, I love that idea. I've gotten lost on the river walk once or twice. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to do, and we're expanding the, it all the time, so it's going to be really relevant. Immediate, immediate relevancy. That that if it's if if these projects aren't necessarily there yet, that that's fine because we still need to have a we still need to have a robust enable uh, enabling city uh, after the after the crisis or crises are over. So I think that indeed. I think it's still good to be working towards building a better San Antonio one way or the other. Um, mm -hmm. So where are some opportunities that, that, that you see to maybe help uh, streamline some of those processes you were talking before in regards to helping create uh, senses of safety in places where that, mm. that sense may not be there? Yeah, um, man, you know, I know a lot of things, but I, I don't know all the things. Um, I think that... <laughs> As more and more people come to this city, which is true, we're getting, I think, you know, a couple hundred every week to San Antonio. Um, we're one of the fastest growing populations right now. Um, I think as more people come and find out all those wonderful things, like I think Erin thinks that San Antonio is pretty special <laughs> when she comes to visit and can see some of the magic that maybe other people don't really. And I, I think part of it's our history. You know, the Alamo is is very large in many people's minds about what that means to be in San Antonio, and to, and that is a huge chunk of our history. But that is not all that we are. And as more and more people come and see that we have a vibrant community, that we have you know technical innovation, that it is world class, um, that isn't just happening in research silos, but actually being applied here locally um, and within our communities, like even with the city departments and potentially the county, like it's just that it's a, it's a really rich time, you know, for people to come and to see what we have here. As more and more people come, they'll be able to help spread the word to opportunities that exist as they make their own opportunities. So I think that some of those things are going to self-sort, you know, um, I think we're not unique in that challenge. There are lots of wonderful cities out there that don't know how to spread the word about what they are or what the real value is. In terms of the the safety and maybe in this immediate situation, I think I just have to give it up for our local leadership and even our governor. Um, I think that Texas and San Antonio have collectively really done a great job being communicative, keeping people updated, being transparent, you know, giving us really solid, consistent advice on how to deal with this. And I think that they're putting some really great measures in place to help local businesses weather the storm. And everything else kind of relies on the community and how we knit ourselves together at this time. And I know the Geekdom community specifically has always been one to be helpful. And I think that we're exercising those skills and those relationships all the time, and especially right now. If I'm understanding you correctly, you would say that this, that 
San Antonio's response to this crisis has been, um, I'm trying to find the right word, that it was not wholly unexpected. Like, it's not like a pleasant surprise. You're like, well, it makes sense that we would have this kind of response. This is who we are. This is the kind of city that we've always been. This has always been how our systems are, at least uh, recently enough that the response was was to be was almost to be expected. Is that is that what you're saying? Um, I would say that I would say that from my opinion, my personal opinion, yes. So I don't know that everybody has the same perspective that I do. You know, not everybody's work takes them where it is, and some people have not been in San Antonio their whole lives. And San Antonio is a point of stability in the nation. You know, we have a a large uh, military and defense presence. We have a collegiate community like of educators. You know, we are a place to come for world-class, you know, biomedical research and healthcare. It's not surprising to me that San Antonio was very strategic and proactive about what it is that we provide um, to our residents. Um, I think that, and even our food suppliers, so HEB, HEB has a huge presence in this city as well as in other parts of Texas and has done a fantastic job of maintaining supply chains, um, making sure that people have access to all that they need. So collectively, I think Antonio is and has been for a long time. And if you understand, you know, like global infrastructure, how those things are changing, like, yeah, it's not surprising to me that San Antonio has done this. And I'm incredibly proud that San Antonio has lived up to its reputation for being a stable, calm, collected community moving forward. I I know that there are other cities that are also doing really well um, that are being very proactive. And there are others that, for whatever reason, are not. Um, and so if San Antonio can help with best practices or anything like that, I'm sure that we would love to offer up, you know, information on how people can can continue to build a model like that because it only helps everybody if we can figure out a way to be proactive and engaged and uh, calm in this time. Joyce, what would you say or how would you say particularly, and I know we talked about projects and partner specific projects and partnerships that you're working on and people you're working with at Geekdom, but what role would you say the startup community specifically plays in making San Antonio what it is, what you were just talking about, capable of responding? And, you know, I would imagine it's around, you know, startups are innovative they have a certain sense of you know ingenuity they have the ability to kind of more quickly tackle problems than just the city would be able to on its own can you kind of like talk about that role that you see the startup community particularly playing in this absolutely i mean i think that many people would agree that small businesses in america really are small to mid-sized businesses in america really are the backbone of our nation and startup companies are the next wave of these more established businesses, you know, and how they grow. Um, I think in a time like this, the startup community could be exactly what is needed in order to come in and to provide additional resources or help or offer solutions. Um, As the landscape is constantly shifting, they're able to pivot. because of the partnerships between Geekdom and the city of San Antonio, as well as other community initiatives, you know, um, there's lots of people in San Antonio working to make this community collectively better. 
And it's through all of those resources in combination with the startup community that we're all kind of ready to help each other make an impact, make a difference. Um, San Antonio goes together where we don't go at all. And the startup community is able to come in and help us be more agile and targeted with what we're building and um, be able to get things lifted and off the ground much faster than some traditional businesses and, and the city departments. And so we're lean, we're ready, we're eager, and we're helpful. In that vein, what advice would you have for cities that are struggling to work with startups and small businesses? What advice do you have to kind of help make those partnerships work and help address um, some of those cities' challenges? I, I know that at least when we look at utilities in particular, they traditionally have struggled to work with startup organizations because of, you know, certain challenges. So what advice would you have for those cities that, you know, want to have some of those partnerships but are, are facing, you know, challenges doing so? Every city is different, you know, which is kind of adds to the complexity of these things that we're doing is that these solutions or the structure of government or even the partnership landscapes in cities is, is really just wholly individual. You know, um, even if there was kind of a quote out of the box framework for how people kind of apply these things, they'd have to be tailored to the area that they're being built in. I think for larger or for cities and municipalities that are looking to startups to come in and, and help them solve problems or challenges or, you know, find solutions, startups, especially early stage startups, you know, early stage startups really can do quite a lot. But at the same time, they're not necessarily as robust as other larger companies that could come in and do full scale supports. Um, so if you're looking for solutions that I mean, and again, it's really dependent, you know, know, know what it is that you're kind of looking for, you know, do a discovery process, figure out, you know, what a, how do you define success for your city for this current project? What goals do you need to hit? Um, and what challenges are really crucial to be solved and putting that, you know, in a, in a way that startups can meet those asks without over feeling like they need to oversell themselves, you know, because I think that's where the breakdown comes when the expectations are not kind of in alignment, um, because start, startups have limited resources, you know, not all of them can afford to cover the, the liability expenses of doing business with a city to support them long-term as a client. You know, there's a lot of other factors that come into play too in startup life. You know, if there's investment on the table, you know, they might have to be beholden to investor requests versus customer requests. And there's pivoting that occurs. Find a good partner who can be uh, an intermediary, you know, so that you guys can find someone who can translate, you know, all of these different expectations and goals find the pathway forward because you don't have the same I mean it, you just you're speaking different languages there's different motivations on what makes a startup run and get off the ground and lifted and what makes a city run and get off the ground and lifted um, and know that there will probably be some learning that occurs you know everybody wants to do well and everyone wants it to be successful so finding that middle ground and allowing for some wiggle room for grace and for, you know, pivot as this discovery happens, like 
we've been working on these projects for several years now. So at this point, I think that we're, we're finding, you know, ways to work around some of the, you know, finer details that can help really or can contribute to things sort of unraveling, right? Um, and it could just be a misunderstanding between departments on the length of time that a solution might take to be developed. Or it could be, you know, that the startup didn't really, was a little too ambitious in their initial proposal. And that when you actually sit down to work on the project, much like anything, it always takes a little bit longer <laughs> than you want it to in order to get it built. I mean, just look at any sort of home construction project and you'll know how quickly things go awry. So really finding good partners who can sit in the room together, maintain you know good spirits and look at this and go, okay, partner, pilot, learn, pivot. We can find a way to do those things and, and be agile and iterative together then I think you'll have a a long-term success. I did kind of want to circle that last thought back to what you said at the beginning, which was that you were really proud of how, you know, kind of transparent the city of San Antonio has been in this process. And it sounds like that, you know, aspect of transparency really helps with those startup partnerships being able to really communicate what is needed and how to help the city is what's making those work so the kind of like that value of transparency within the city has made um, partnerships uh, with organizations like geekdom and other startups really work without a doubt you know before i took the job at geekdom to do sidtech essay i was kind of traveling around Texas, growing my network and talking to people about what their projects were. And there were lots of times where I would be at meetup groups and there's engineers and developers and founders. And, you know, they would tell me like, well, all I want to do is I see that my city is doing these things and I have all this expertise and I would love to help them. Who do I talk to? How do I make this happen? How do I help? And not every city has kind of rolled out the red carpet in a way that people, members of the community, startups, experts. And the city of San Antonio and the Smart SA partners have created a series of programs where, you know, between the Civtech SA program, the Geekdom Incubator pilot that we're launching, um, and the city's newly announced R&D League are really great opportunities for people to see this is how I can either learn what my city is looking for and what we're doing and have an active role in a community sense, or this is where I can fit in as a business owner, as a founder, as an expert, I can come in and build solutions that have immediate community impact. And the city wants it to happen. And when they recognize that the talent is there, um, but it did take time. You know, those things like a lot of hard work from Kate Kennison and Dax Moreno in the year before Citec SA got off the ground, um, Dax was the original, or not the original, but a former um, director of programs here at Geekdom, and Kate Kinnison is in the Office of Innovation, and she and Dax kind of co-created the framework for the CivTech SA program, and that took a lot of time and a lot of stakeholder buy-in and a lot of discussions around what would go into having a program like that, and that's the kind of work that needs to be done in order to make it happen. You can't just open the floodgates and, you know, expect that it's going to just magically work. You know, you have to really kind of talk through these scenarios. And then as 
those points of friction come up because the organizations run differently, you know, um, but somebody has to make the offer. You know, they need to find ways to partner with co-working spaces like ours or other entrepreneurial centers to help create, create the framework and make the invitation because people want to improve where they live. People care about where they live. People want to be involved. Founders are no different. And so if we can find ways for cities to roll out those carpets and let people walk on in, I think that that's really where the magic happens. And part of the part of the secret to San Antonio's success in the in these fields is uh, probably due to the presence of so many intermediaries like your like like uh, geek like geekdom and like all the all those other hardworking people and organizations you mentioned to ensure that this that this ecosystem is beneficial for everybody and able to you know function without too many hitches so uh, I think that's I think that's an important part I think that's an important part of that that shouldn't be overlooked but uh, we're here at the end of uh, at the end of our time together so uh, Joyce uh, I want to thank you for being on during uh, all that's going on to have this important conversations. We'll have to we'll have to have you back once everything settles down and just really dig into um, how how to how to build smart cities going forward. Oh my gosh! Well, it's such a treat, you know, to talk to you and to Aaron. I know I've said it before, and I'll say it, you know, on an actual interview, so it's recorded for everybody. Um, I love the work that City of the Future does and Z Prime Research. You know, I think that you guys are a fantastic. Aaron, thanks for for coming on and uh, having this discussion with us. Well, thank you, Dylan and Joyce, for giving me yet another social outlet in this time of quarantining. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, please make sure to stay safe. Uh, And if you need some content while you're quarantined up, you can find our research and media at zprime.com. You can find us on social media at DY Lockwood, at Aaron Hardick, at zprime underscore research. Uh, My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.